0: Amen. Well, good morning, LCM. Good morning. Uh, good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is December eighth, two thousand nineteen. The title of today's message is "Moving Mountains." Come on, say that with me. Say "Moving Mountains." I have to tell you, this week I've been uh, starting to work on the end of the year slideshow that we're going to show on New Year's Eve. I'm collecting. Way too many pictures right now, looking through pictures. But what it's what is reminding me of it's it's allowing me to recount the goodness of our God to us, contemplating his endless provision. Somebody say endless man. He has got endless provision. He's got endless favor. He's got endless grace for those who are wholeheartedly after him. Can I get an amen in this house? Can I get a better amen in this house? Man, see, you haven't just come to a mountain of God's mercy here today, a valley of his victory. A ravine of His righteousness. A roadway of of righteousness. A forest of His faithfulness. An entire hill country of His holiness. Where have we come today? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12 together. We're going to find out where we've come today. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 22. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22. It says this, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. Woo. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Man, if we're going to start moving mountains today, we got to start understanding the kind of mountain that God is putting before us. I want you to understand. See, I was thinking about it this week, and there's a phrase. It's an older phrase. Some of you youngins may not have heard this phrase before, but the phrase is, not to make a mountain out of a molehill. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? Not to make a mountain out of a molehill. This actually started the first time that we can find that it was written anywhere was in 1548. This concept, actually the phrase was something like that the Greek philosophers could make an elephant out of a fly or a mountain out of a molehill. See, the concept here is that this has been a problem for humanity for a really, really long time. To make something grand out of something small and insignificant. To allow your worries to build to the point a molehill is just a tiny little animal. It's just a tiny little pile of dirt. But you end up making a mountain out of something that should be perceived and is actually small in your life. Well, at least we don't ever do that, right? We don't ever turn a problem that we have that should be looked at as a molehill into some kind of mountain of something that is insurmountable in our lives. We have a problem I know there's no one in here that would ever do this, but we turn our problems into despair almost immediately. See, we have a molehill of finances in our life. As if God is not the one who provides for those who are seeking after Him. We have a, a, a molehill of sickness in our life. Oh, see, look, even Moshe right now understands what I'm saying. Making a mountain out of a molehill. Sickness is struggles that we have need to be viewed a certain way. See, that's just a molehill of an issue in our life, but we turn it into a mountain that affects everything else. We can't see anything else. We can't seem to get around it. What it produces in us is a mountain of faithlessness. produces a mountain of doubt, a mountain of fear, a mountain of despair, or a mountain of offense. Yeah, I'm going after us today. A mountain of discouragement in your life that you can't seem to get over. I'm telling you, those are actually caused by molehill level problems in your life. Man, the opposite was captured much earlier in writing. It was considered in Aesop's fables about a mountain that went into labor. What an interesting thing. A mountain that went into labor. It was groaning terribly, so much so that there were rumors and excited great expectations all over the country that this mountain was trembling about to give birth. In the end, however, as the fable goes, the mountain gave birth to a mouse. I didn't make it up, I'm just telling it to you. See, we can either turn a molehill of a problem into a mountain of despair, or sometimes we do the opposite. We overpromise and under-deliver. See, we do this in this place, not just conceptually somewhere else, but here at LCM, we do this when you fight to become weak. Oh, pastor, we don't fight to be weak. Don't you, though? Aren't you constantly fighting to be weak? Aren't you constantly wanting to be a scholar, but you're fighting to be an incapable mother? You're wanting to be a warrior, but somehow when it comes down to it, you have the most difficulty of making simple decisions. You want to be a mighty man of God, but you fail on the daily disciplines that Pastor Matt preached to us on Wednesday night. You want to be a pillar, a stalwart, a rock, but you end up delivering a very fickle kind of faith. That when things get difficult, those molehills somehow become mountains and you can't seem to work your way around it. Yeah, am I preaching to the right group today? Yeah. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we're going to see what the Word of God has to say about this. Somebody say moving mountains when you get there. It is a human condition. If the first written words of it were in, in the 1500s, and that dated that, the concept dated far back beyond that, you know that this is just in the heart of hum, human beings. You know that this is within us to want to turn a molehill into a mountain. Something small and make it. I can't overcome this. Pastor, I know the word of God is true. I know what you're saying is real. But in my life, you just don't understand. See, I have this mountain. Yeah, the rest of these guys, I see how for them, that's just a molehill. Cody, he's only got a molehill of a problem. But me, Pastor, I got a mountain of a problem. You don't understand. That is one comment from my family here that is made to pastors more often than not. And even now, though, you've trained and you don't say it out loud anymore, but that is still the look that we get. You know, because I've preached about it from the stage enough. You're like, I'm not going to say that anymore. But the problem is, is we're still thinking it. See, you don't really. Pastor, if you understood my specific set of circumstances. See, I know the word of God is true, but my circumstances are the one in all of history of time and all of mankind that actually proves the Word of God false. I mean, I know the Word of God is not false, but for me, right here, right now. Yeah, see, that's you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we're going to start in verse 3. Say moving mountains when you're there. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where He scattered you even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens. From there, the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. This passage should be really, really familiar to you because Pastor Eric preached on it last Sunday. This is what we were talking about, this bitter, sweet life that we're supposed to have. See, if he's going to restore you, it means that your fortunes had to be taken from you. If he's going to gather you again, it means that you were scattered. If he's going to bring you back, it means that you were dispersed. Look at verse 5. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your fathers and you will take possession of it. This is spoken to a specific people in a specific land because God has a specific plan. We're able to look at it and glean wisdom from this. He will make you more prosperous and more numerous than your fathers. Man, at at LCM, we have had a permanent and internal shift in what we're doing. I, I don't know if you've noticed it, But it's been a permanent shift. And see, we can't go back to anything else. We've been preaching it for a long time. We've really been preaching it since the beginning of the church. But more and more people are getting this idea that it's about making your children more prosperous and numerous than the fathers. See, this is what, there's a shift that's saying, hey, there's a thousand generations that we have to get to. And if Christianity never moves beyond what the Lord is doing for me today... But pastor, I've got a mountain in my life. Yet yeah, we have to move beyond what you are struggling with because there's the them that we have to get to. There's the praying for the nations. There's the praying for the generations that we are a part of here at this church. You can't be thinking about only your own calling. Only about your own life. Man, we've got to be such conquering, overcoming children of the living God that we're able to produce more in the next generations. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart, verse 6, and the hearts of your descendants. Man, what a promise. So that you may love Him with all of your heart, with all your soul, and live. What's the implication there? If you're not going to love Him with all, you're going to have trouble just making it. The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who hate you and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord. If you again obey, that means there's moments of disobeying. And follow all His commands I'm giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands. Somebody say, most prosperous? prosperous. Man, that's like being more than an overcomer. That's an incredible thought. In all of the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land, the Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as He delighted in your fathers. See, difficulties were designed to bring you back to dependency on the Lord. Travailing is supposed to lead to a transforming power in you. In the end, you possess more than you lost, but it's only done through the power of Jesus Christ. See, this is the birthing process in you. This is where Pastor Eric brought us last week. Let's continue in verse 10. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in the book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul. Isn't this basically where Pastor Matt brought us on Wednesday? Pastor Matt talked to us about being humbled. Anybody been humbled lately? Anybody felt less than than the the best version of yourself lately? A little sick, a little weak, a little tired, a little overcome? See, the Lord does these things and he allows this difficulty in your life to humble you. You know why? Because we tend to not be a very humble people. The second that I feel fine, I want to run off and do things on my own. I mean, like, immediately. I'm feeling pretty good today. I got this, Lord. Thanks. I'll see you later. When you're sick, when your kids are sick, when you're struggling, what do you do? Oh, God, I need you. Yes. You need him when you're feeling good, too. You just don't know it as much because you're not as humbled by it. If you obey the word of the Lord your God, if you shema, if you listen with the intent of getting everything he has and putting it into practice and keep his commands, somebody say keep. Keep. That comes from the root word in the Hebrew that's shamar. You got to fight for it. You got to defend it. You got to have a hunger that's welling up on the inside of you. See today, here's what I know that we're going to need today. We're going to need to move beyond just you understanding this in your mind. There's got to be a hunger that starts to rise up within you. See, you're not going to get your daily diet done if there's not a special type of hunger on the inside of you that says, I can do this, and I'm going to do it every single day. I've got to have a hunger. Uh, Joy, I may, I may get this wrong, and I'll do it in front of everyone. Put up song, uh, Proverbs 27.7. This was alluded to in a prophecy, and I hope I get it right. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry even what is bitter tastes sweet. Huh? See, when you're full of your own thoughts, full of your own desires, even the good that the Lord has for you doesn't taste right. You start to loathe even the good things that God is bringing to you. But when you're hungry, when you've got something down on the inside of you because you've been humbled and there's something that starts to rise up, you know what you start doing? You start realizing that even bitter things are sweet. Oh my gosh, it's almost like the Word of God is helping us today. (laughs) Have you begun to loathe honey here in this church? Have you begun to loathe the fact that the Word of God is so prevalent and we're encouraging you in every single way? That you come to a service where just the worship, there are prophecies, prayer, the Spirit of God there to lift you to the heavens. Have you begun to Underappreciate, even loathe that? Okay, let's just get on with this. Maybe it's your full, and the Lord is trying to get you empty so you'll be hungry. See, we turn to the Lord with all of our hearts so that He feeds us with the daily disciplines. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 30, and let's look at verse 11. So verses 3 through 9 gave us where Pastor Eric was. Verse 10 gave us a summary of where Pastor Matt was on Wednesday. Let's see what God has for us today. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Church, what the Lord is commanding us today... Now look, I want, I want to point out something to you. It doesn't just say it's not too difficult. Anybody ever been right before your somebody asks you a question and then they, they give that little phrase that gets you all tense? Wait, this is an easy question. Let me ask it to you. Oh man, I would have done fine if you would not told me it was easy. it's not difficult I know but but maybe I won't get it right see the word of God here Moses is saying what I'm commanding you is not too difficult for you it's not just saying somewhere off in another space it's not too difficult for someone who's better than you it's saying this is not too difficult for you come on we believe the word of God don't we but are you believing it in your everyday life Are you getting up to to circumstances? Are you understanding things? You're like, yeah, but this is, (laughs) I mean, I know for, for pastor Matt, it may not be too difficult for elder Charlie. Maybe it's not too difficult, but for me, see, I've got this mountain of a problem. Pastor, you don't understand what I am telling you today is do not make the mountain have a molehill of your problem. It's just a molehill. This is not too difficult for you. Somebody say for me. It's not too difficult for you. You're going to be able to do exactly what the Lord is saying. He is saying that the mountains of difficulty will be nothing but a molehill that you can be victorious over. It's not beyond your reach. It's not too difficult for you and it's not beyond your reach. In other words, you can get your hands around this. You can reach out and grab this. You can get your hands on it in a way that'll allow you to be victorious. Anybody ever felt like you just couldn't get your brain around a situation? You couldn't get your hands on it? It's just, it's just too moving. It's, what do they say? It's like trying to herd a, a a group of cats. You're herding cats now. Just when I get one in the right place, the other nine get out of, out of order. I can't get my hands on it. I can't. See, some of the parents in the room are laughing. Some of the parents in the room with all girls are laughing even more. (laughs) I just described to you my everyday life. Like herding cats. That's what we do as pastors. (laughs) What I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you. Somebody say, for me. me. It's not beyond your reach. In other words, you can get your hands on this. That difficult child that you think you have. Nope. Wrong perspective. That's a molehill. Victorious perspective is that that's not a mountain. This is just a molehill. I can do this. It's not too difficult for me. You have sickness going on in your home. You have problems going on in your home. This is not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. It's a molehill. You can take care of this. Man, that difficult pastor you don't know have difficult expectations. I have complex problems. Unanswered prayers. Longings in my heart. Yep, not too difficult for you. I'm going to say this as your pastor. I love you. I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel bad for you. You have the living God that's on the inside of you. This is not too difficult for you. I'm not preaching to some other room of people. I'm preaching to you today. This is not too difficult for you. For you. It's not beyond your reach. I, I just don't know how I'm... Stand up and look at it and realize this thing is a molehill of a problem. It is a molehill of a problem. Look at verse 12. It is not up in heaven. So you have to ask who will ascend to go get it. I I can't get such revelation. So that we can obey it. Verse 13, nor is it beyond the sea. So you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we can obey. Oh, poor little baby. I need someone else to help me, pastor. This isn't too far for you. This isn't too hard for you. You can do this. Difficulties don't matter. Distance doesn't matter. Disappointment, discouragement, indebtedness doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, it almost sounds like we're talking about David and the men who came to him at the cave of Adullam, doesn't it? See, but it's okay because those men were heading towards the house of heroes. Yeah. Come on. But isn't that where we're headed as well? Yeah. To the house of heroes? Look at verse 14. No! Somebody say no! no. What is he saying no to? He's saying no to the concept that these things are mountains. He's saying no. This is a molehill. The word of God is near you. It is in your mouth. And it is in your heart so that you can obey it. Wow. The word is very near you, church. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart so that you can listen. You can schma. You can hear it. You can taste it. You can follow it. You can guard it. This is what the Lord has brought to us today. Since this is the truth of God's Word, what does that mean for you here? There's no difficulty, no complication, no adversity that can stop you because of God's Spirit being alive on the inside of you. See, these are these things that we know somewhere in our mind, don't we? But then when we turn and we leave this building, some of us don't even get to leave the building. We're still like we stand up from the altar at the end of a service at an end of a worship time, and the fear is already settled back in. See, here at the altar, it feels like those problems are a molehill, and then you stand up and you forget immediately what you just learned, and they're like, no, that was a mountain. No, I know here in God's presence, it feels like a molehill, but when I leave, it just feels like a mountain. Well, then stay in God's presence. This is not too difficult for you, Church. Are you getting what I'm, trying to t- what I'm trying to share with you today? The worst thing that you can get is people who sympathize with you in your great mountainous explorations. You do not need more sympathy. You need having more of the Word of God in your mouth and in your heart. That's what you need. You're a child of the living God. You are a redeemed, blood-bought believer that has been foundationally transformed. You are able to pay the full price of obedience and devotion to Him. You have families that are walking in their function. Your faith isn't a fairy faith. It's a fiery faith. You have a clear mandate to a full gospel proclamation that not only speaks of Christ as a Savior, but He is the Lord. You are of a remnant that yearn to favor Israel now and not just in the age to come. You are the ones who can be and will be a fountain to the nations. My God, not only to your only family, not through the generations, but to the nations as well. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 17. If I have to drag you kicking and screaming today, we're going to get somewhere. We are going to get somewhere in this place today. We're going to live better than the amens that we give. We're going to walk out of here in strength and in authority and in power. You're not going to keep doing out there what you've been doing and acting the way you've been in here. Joshua 17, verse 14. Let's keep going with this idea. The people of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you given us only one allotment and only one portion for our inheritance? We are numerous people, And the Lord has blessed us abundantly. See, this is God's people making a mountain of a problem out of a molehill of a situation. Okay? So here's the problem. They've already been battling for years. They've been in the promised land clearing out the enemy. They've received an inheritance given to them, appointed by the Lord to them, an allotment specialized for them. Of course, they're doing better than uh, seven of the other tribes who haven't even begun to get their inheritance yet. That's the next chapter. That's how the next chapter starts. See, what has been given to us isn't enough, is what they're saying. I mean, isn't there always a pull to have more than what you have? Let's, let me put it in an easy term for us so we can all kind of understand what I'm saying. If, you've ever been a, if, you, if you're a parent and you've ever had kids, let's see, we're getting close to the Christmas time. Let me just put it in the Sutherland household, that way we don't uh, step on your toes too much. There's been times when when you give a present, and they just expect they rip through one in .2 seconds, look at it, set it to the side, grab another box, and then begin ripping through it. And what you took way too much money and way too much time to put together has been taken care of and unwrapped in about two and a half minutes, and there's a disdain wanting what's next. problem is, is our kids reflect us, don't they? It, isn't that really the case? Is whatever we have. Are you one of those people who always focus on what you don't have? If you get something, are you immediately thinking about the thing that should go along with that? About, man, this is really good. I'm so appreciative, but I really want, you know, now that I have this, it would really be nice to have this to go along with this. I mean, I love what, what I've gotten, but maybe I can soup it up and have uh, put a turbo in it. Oh, sorry, Cody. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a very direct question. Do you always focus on what you don't have? Isn't this what the children of God are doing right here? You have given us an allotment. You have appointed us a portion in the promised land. But see, it's not enough because why? Well, I mean, we are a numerous people. I mean, after after all, hasn't the Lord blessed us abundantly? Isn't that a really, really kind of, uh, let me put it for, uh, for our terms here today. Isn't that a churchy way of blaming the Lord for you not having enough still? Both acknowledging his blessings and really saying, you know, it's because of those blessings. Now I need a little bit bigger house. Now I need a little bit more. Really? Huh. Perhaps they're just deciding that they've looked around and seen that someone else. They've compared their allotment to someone else's around them. See, um, Joshua, I mean, we are a numerous people and the Lord has blessed us. Perhaps you can fix this problem for us. I love Joshua's response. I love it. If you're so numerous, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up to the forest and clear the land for yourselves. They're in the land of the Perizzites and Rephiites. Joshua says, quit making a mountain out of a mountain of a problem out of a molehill of a situation. You're so big and bad. Go get it. Amen. Go fix it. Go put your hands to the task. Yeah. Don't get your hands off. Go ahead and make this happen. This isn't too difficult for you, big and bad people. Yeah. See, this is what I was talking about earlier about wanting to fight to be weak. Yeah. Okay? Oh, Pastor, the Lord has blessed us so much. Woo! Hey, this is a year of prosperity to LCM. Man, it's been so fantastic. See, I got this problem though, Pastor. Because the Lord has blessed us so much. I don't have enough to do what I need to do. And a good pastor, like Joshua, should say, you so big and bad? You've been blessed so much? Go get it. Is that the Lord? Well, then go get it, Rick. Go, go fix your family. Go, go get after what the Lord has done for you. You think you need more? Well, then go get it. See, the inheritance was where you started. Amen. And it was given. Do you call what you've been given And the starting line, do you make that your finish line? Well, it's already been given to me. I know, but now I can't do anything else. I guess i got to wait on the next thing to be... Oh. Huh. See, this is not beyond your reach. Go into the land where the giants are and start fighting them. Go in the land where these long-term enemies are and start defeating them. Come on, what giants are you fighting today? What giants are you fighting? Giants of despair? Giants of offense? Giants of lack? Long-term enemies of you looking at what you don't have instead of what God has so blessed you with? It's right there. Go get it. Go clear it. Go do what you need to do. Look at at their response. Verse 16. The people of Joseph replied, the hill country is not enough for us. So what do they do? Joshua says, you go get it. And they restate their case. Right? Uh, The hill country is not enough for us, but then they add some important information. It's not enough for us. And see, there are these Canaanites who live there in the plains, and they have iron chariots, both in Bet-Shan and its settlements and those in the Valley of Jezreel. See, there's a problem. See, it's not really so much about the land. We know that we can go get it, but there's bad guys there. There's difficulties there. There's mountains of problems on the other side of this. See, now we're seeing their hearts really, really be revealed. It's not just that it's not enough. There's just difficulties there. Are you looking at the molehills of the problems in front of you and making mountains and saying, I guess I can't go do that? See, it's not that the hill country is bad. It's just that there's some really, really entrenched enemies that are there. See, pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand our situation. Look at Joshua's. He understood. Look at Joshua's response in verse 17. But Joshua said to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, you are numerous and very powerful. You will not only have one allotment, but the forested hill country as well. Clear it. Go get it. And its farthest limits will be yours. Go as far as you can go. Go as get as much as you want to get. See, I started you off in a place, but I'm saying go clear the rest of this land. It'll be yours. Though the Canaanites have iron chariots and though they are strong, you can drive them out. I love Joshua. Joshua says that it's not a mountain of a problem. It's just a molehill. You are of those, Ephraim and Manasseh, who are doubly blessed and who have been in a land where you can forget your misery. That's what their names mean. See, because of the Spirit of God, it's with you. You can go do this. Clear it. All of it. The farthest limits. You can drive them out. It may be bittersweet. You may have to work on your daily diet, but you can do this. You can move that mountain. Man, thank God for the prophets who warn our souls. Not to fall prey of making more of our difficulties, making more of our lack, making more of our weakness than we should. Making mountains out of molehills. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40, though. I want to show you something. Church, if you can get this today. If you can get this, that there are far too many of us here at LCM who are fighting to be weak. Weak. You are fighting to tell us how insurmountable these mountains are. You are fighting. You actually fight against us. We're saying, no, we think you're more than this. Raise your stand and you're like, I can't do that. Why are you fighting to be weak? Why are you saying this is a mountain? We're saying, no, man, that's a molehill. Get on it. Just step over it and move on. No, no, pastor, I can't. See, this is really hard. No, it's not. It is not too difficult for you. Look at verse, uh, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. A voice of one calling in the, de- in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Look at verse 4. Man, every valley will be raised up. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, it's the Lord's intent to demonstrate His mountain-moving power by raising up every low place. But pastor, you don't understand, I have a lack. See, I have a low spot here. There's a low place in the wall. See, I don't really actually have what I need. See, the Word of God says that God is going to raise up the low places. And No, but pastor, you don't understand, I have a mountain of a problem right here. Yeah, He's going to crush that mountain. He's going to move it before you and make a level path before you. But I'm not always sure that He does it as you're approaching it. I think He does it as you're walking over it. As you are moving the mountain, then you look back and realize, well, that really was a molehill, wasn't it? That really wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it'd be. My fear, my, my offense, my despair caused that to be a huge problem. And then I actually just took steps of faith, and I seemed to walk right over it like it was level ground. That is what the Word of God is teaching us today. How many times have you stood at your mountain of a problem and just didn't step forward? Come on now. This is, this is the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River. This is the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. This is so many times over and over and over again in the Word. Why do you think it's going to be different for you? Your problem is bigger than what the Red Sea crossing was. Your problem is bigger than a dead child that needs Elijah or Elisha to come and raise them. Your problem is bigger than that. Your mountain is big. No, it's not. But you think it is. But you're fighting for it to be. I'm telling you, it's not today. Look at uh, Isaiah 45. He's going to provide for every place of lack, he's going to crush every obstacle and difficulty that you have. Isaiah 45, verse 2. I will go before you and will level the mountains. Come on now. He will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. See, this is not just mountains of your difficulty. It's any gates of judgment that you might need to pass through. It's any bars of adversity that you have to face. This is what God Himself is promising to His people. Turn to Isaiah 49. This is such an important passage for our church, for the Stevens family personally, For the one association, look at Isaiah 49 and verse 10. Moving mountains mountains when you're there. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them. Not only is our God a warrior, but He is one who has compassion upon us and will lead you besides springs of water. Man, can't you hear The Psalms just being reflected here as Isaiah is speaking. Look at verse 11. I will turn all my mountains into roads. And my highways will be raised up. See, what the Lord is trying to do is use those difficulties. Those adversities that actually only provide the pathway towards your peace. See, you think it's an obstruction that keeps you from it. God is saying that is the pathway to it. That is how you get there your roadway of righteousness, your highway of holiness is the mountain that's before you that God says, I'm going to move that. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to level it. Those things that are impassable, impossible, impractical or implausible. Those are the roadways of your victory because he who has compassion on you will lead you through these things. He who neither sleeps nor slumbers will watch over you. He will guard you. He will be there at your right hand. He won't let the sun harm you in the day or the moon at night. This is the God that we serve, and this is what he's trying to do for us today. Turn to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Look at verse 6. Zechariah 4 and verse 6. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. See, how is this going to happen in our midst? It's going to be by the actual Spirit of the living God that is supposed to be inside of us, that will move us, that will strengthen us, that will help us. Look at verse 7. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. In verse 7 says what? What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Now wait a minute. Are y'all catching this? Isaiah says the Lord was going to level. He's going to crush the mountains. He will level them before you. He will raise up the low places. Who is this mountain supposed to be destroyed by? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. What are you, mighty mountain? You think you're a mighty mountain. I think you're a tiny little molehill. Zerubbabel, you put your hands to this and you will level the mountain. See, God is telling him not only not to make a mountain out of his molehill, he's just going to say, look at the mountain and move the mountain. He's going to say, just level that thing before you. If it takes a supernatural act or you hand me a shovel, it doesn't matter to me because this mountain is about to move. Come on, can you feel this is what the Lord is trying to encourage us with today? Can you understand this? Are you applying it to your own heart and saying, yeah, you know, there are some mountains. There are some things that I've been looking at. I have been in despair. I have been in discouragement. I have been uh, defeated in these areas. But you know what? If the Lord did it for Zerubbabel, maybe he can do it for me too. See, it is about the Spirit of God. This is what Moses was declaring. His Spirit and His Word are right there with us. We can do this. It's not too difficult for you and for me. This is what Joshua was demanding of his people. Go get it, big boy. You're so blessed. Go do it then. This is what Isaiah was divulging to us today. That it's God that's going to raise up the low places and crush the high places. But then it's here. What are you, O mighty mountain? What are you? compared to the power that is within the man and woman of God? What does it matter? What does it even matter what kind of mountain it is? Because it's going to get crushed. It's going to get moved. It's going to get eliminated from where you are. See, so that God's glory may be revealed. They will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it! God bless it! See, what happens when you're standing at a mountain and you are able to move the mountain? You're able to have a mountain-moving kind of power inside of you. And God supernaturally moves mountains, and you are able by your own hands to do the same because of His Spirit inside of you. Come on now. You need to move mountains in your life today. You need to, you need to be looking at some things. You need to be considering some difficulties in your life right now and going, you know what? I viewed that as a mountain for far too long. I need to quit making a mountain out of a molehill, and even if it is a mountain, I'll just move it anyway. Come on now. That's the right heart for us to have today. Look at verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Man, it's the same hands in Moses' day who had to be encouraged that it wasn't too difficult. The same kind of hands in Joshua's day that had to be encouraged to keep fighting to get whatever they needed. It's the same hands who learn to eat the bittersweet fruit of difficulties that drive us to dependency. It's the same hands who've been faithful to the daily diet of God's words and His presence so that we can sit and rest in His dependency upon Him. You know how you're going to know that the Lord is with us? When we finish what we started. Man, doesn't that doesn't sound like a family banner of somebody that we know? You'll know that it's God once we've done exactly what we said we're going to do. Man, once this mountain has been leveled into a molehill, you'll know that God was with us. Once the glory has been revealed in us, then everybody gets to shout, yeah, God blessed it. Well, yeah, that's nice after it's done. We need some people who can look at it before it's done and say, yep, God's going to bless this. This mountain, we're going to move it right now. We're going to get started on it right now. Look at verse 10. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. See, again, in Isaiah, it was God leveling the the mountains. Here, it's Zerubbabel. See, sometimes we see our resources, what we have as the molehills, though. See, isn't this the days of small things that the Lord is saying? Pastor, you guys are talking about a thousand generations, but uh, I'm just a molehill. Just me as a single person. Pastor, you're talking about a fiery faith and I'm, I'm just the molehill. I'm just trying to have small days of developing consistency and having a daily diet upon your word. See, when we don't despise the days of small beginnings, when we cease to make our molehills of problems into mountains of despair, when we cease to view what is in our hands as molehills of inability. See, I can't. Of course you can. But this is too hard for me. No, It's not. I, I just can't keep going. I failed today. Then tomorrow's a new day and his mercies are made new. Get up and do it again. Get up and fight for it. Go clear. You think you think Joshua was expecting them to clear the land in a day? Go clear it as much as you want to clear it. Quit being so weak. Stand up and do this. Stand up and fight for it. Quit acting like you're a molehill. When we conquer our molehills, he will level mountains through us. When we conquer these things, he can level it through me, through you. Come on now, this is not out of our reach today. There is rejoicing when people see someone who has actually stood up and stood the test of time, who has the standard, the plumb line in his hand like Zerubbabel. We're still celebrating this man. How long are you going to be celebrated? Becoming a legend in my own mind. (laughs) How long are you going to be celebrated? See, because the man who can overcome and begin to move mountains is a man who can be celebrated for eternity. That's what we're building here in this place. Let's look at another. Let's look at another passage. Matthew 17. Matthew 17 in verse 20. Let's look how the author and the perfecter of our faith had the plumb line in his hand and what he said about this very topic. Matthew 17, 20 says this. He replied, because you have so little faith. Wow, I thought Jesus was only loving. That is loving. See, this was the disciples failing to cast a demon out of a little boy. Jesus' response to them was, really? Really? Why, why, wouldn't the, why wouldn't the demon listen to us? Here's the reason. You don't have enough faith. Thank you, Jesus, for that plumb line of an answer. I tell you the truth. Somebody say truth. As if Jesus could speak anything else, right? If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Do you view this just as a metaphor? Do you actually understand it to be marching orders from Jesus the Christ? Maybe the reasons you're not moving mountains is because you just have so little faith. Jesus is saying not to despise the small things like the faith of a mustard seed. If you had this much the smallest seed of faith, you would stand up and you would overcome your problem. So what does that mean if we're constantly battling with despair, depression, offense, problems? It must mean that we have little faith. See, we need to crush doubt in our lives. You've got to crush fear. You've got to crush despondency. You can say and believe that the mountain should move, and it can move, and it will move from here to there. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. So what are you looking at today that you actually are showing such little faith that you really say is too difficult for you? Do you allow one day of difficulty to spiral you for the next three, five, seven days, weeks? Can you spiral out of control on a single bad conversation with your wife? Can you spiral out of control on one thing that was missaid to you that you now derail everything that God has done to you? One moment of feeling a certain way and you give up on what the Lord has said to you. Come on, church. We're not going to despise the day of small things. We're going to say, no, we're going to start believing now. See, because the whole power is we can move the mountain. If it's not moving, the problem isn't the mountain. The problem is, is we need to grow in our faith so that our mountains will be leveled before us. That's the point. But Jesus is good enough to tell us in such a specific way. Look at Matthew 21. I'm going to show you a very similar passage. Some people think that this is the same passage. This is not. But listen to what he says. Matthew twenty-one, twenty-one. Say moving mountains when you get there. Verse 21 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt. Somebody say don't doubt. don't doubt. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're getting close to crucifixion time. This is not just about casting a demon out of a little boy. This is about Jesus preparing to go to the cross. He's healing people, casting out demons. He gets to a fig tree and, at, and expects the fig tree to have fruit on it. It does not have fruit on it, so he curses it and it dies immediately. The tree withers immediately. The disciples are saying, how can you do that? They didn't, they didn't worry about how he was casting out demons. They knew he could do that. They didn't worry about him healing people. They're like, yeah, we're used to that. But the tree. How did you make the tree wither just because you spoke something? Jesus, we know you can do great things in other people. I mean, we've seen you move over there, but we're not sure that you can do it. I don't understand how it's supposed to work in my situation now. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So you got to have faith and not doubt. You're having faith in the one who's already promised that he can level the mountains. You're having enough faith that says, even if I need to pick up a shovel, this mountain is moving. I'm gonna, We're going to do whatever. Go right here. This is my roadway. I'm not going around it. I'm not looking for a different, easier way. I'm going right here. And I will stay here for the rest of my life until you help me to move this mountain, Lord. I'm not going to have any doubt. I'll just just keep going right here. Come on, if you believe, you can receive. You can handle not only this fig tree, which is oftentimes in the Bible just a sign of religious molehills. Figs And fig trees often represent a religious nature about you. See, if you're only being religious, what does that produce? It doesn't produce the fruit that you're supposed to have. And when your religion isn't producing the right kind of fruit, it should be cursed. When you are not actually producing fruit, those things in you need to die so that your faith can rise, doubt can be eliminated, and you can move the mountains that are before you. If you believe, you will receive. Come on, men. If you stand strong and are not moved. If you are fathering strong, you can move the mountain. Women, if you do what is right and don't give way to fear. If you follow strong, you can move those mountains. Church, if you rise up and believe in the agreement of the Spirit and the Word. The Urim and the Thummim. The bread and the menorah. If you believe that that is worth more than what you are feeling or thinking, then you receive a mountain moving power. Come on, let's look at Mark 11. Verse 22. Mark 11, 22 says this. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, by the way, the first passage we did in Matthew 17, you know what it said? It said, you can say to a mountain, move. <laughs> um, excuse me. Could, could you scoot over? Please, giant mountain, could you move? I just, I just need to slide. Can you move? By the time we're getting here, what is it saying? You can look at it and go, hey, go throw yourself into the sea. See, once you get this mountain moving experience on the inside of you you know what you realize (laughs) yeah that first time i was going after it but i actually just kind of said um would you mind moving please see after a while you're like yeah i know that you look like a mountain but you're a molehill get out of my way i don't even have time for you move i mean way over there get out of my way i'm gonna keep walking you better move out of my way come on now See ever seen anybody walk through a crowd and you're like, everybody else was kind of parting their, the, the ocean before them? Like, that dude is walking with a purpose. Yeah, that's supposed to be us. That's supposed to be us in the spirit realm. Like, yeah, I don't care if you are a mountain. You may just look like a mountain and be a molehill, but in either case, move. Come on, church. That's what this is. I want us to get this today. Go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Build your faith today, church. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. Wow, what a neat twist onto this. What a neat addition. See, at first, we're just looking at whether the mountain is moving. And then we start to find hindrances to the mountain moving power. Unforgiveness faithlessness. These are hindrances to your mountains being moved. Your despair, your offense, your despondency, whatever it is, these are the hindrances to the mountain being moved. Man, what a good God that he says to help us to know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. See, these are the molehills that you have to deal with immediately so that the mountains can continue to get leveled before you. Come on, simple things like unforgiveness Blaming God for your situation. Impugning His character because you don't like where you've been assigned. Just literally not having enough faith. You might have faith for someone else, but you don't have faith that your situation will change. Turn to Hebrews 12 as we start to work towards our close. Hebrews 12, and let's look at verse 2. Say moving mountains when you get there. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. I don't know how many times I've read this passage of Scripture. Preached from it. Studied it. Read it in my daily readings. And this still moves me. Fix our eyes on Jesus. How about you start seeing the truth of whatever molehills are before you? How about you start seeing the mobility of the mountains that are there? (laughs) The original mobile home, right? A mountain. See, because we look at mountains as something that is unshakable, immovable. See, but that's not how the kingdom of heaven looks at it. Not even physical mountains will get in the way. The author and perfecter of our faith. Oh, see, pastor, the truth is, is I've had little faith in these areas, but we now have the author, the one who can create and renew your faith, the one who knows how to get your faith where it's supposed to, not only from its initiation point, but its perfection, its completion of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, this is from the initiator, the author of our faith, who also perfects our faith. Does anybody in this room needed, need some perfected faith here today? Need some encouragement today so you don't start planning your own failure before you even start? You feel moved, you come down to the altar, and you literally get up. You turn around and you expect to start failing. You don't leave the carpeted area in our room till you start already planning your impending doom. Making the mountain of a problem. See, we need our faith perfected today. Amen. We have to have our fear cast down. It was a joyous task for Jesus to go to the cross. Yeah. He was expecting to win. He knew that he would be victorious. Yeah, but that was him, Pastor. That's not me. Yeah, but it's supposed to be you let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let the same attitude that he have be your attitude today. A Micah eight kind of moment where he says, but as for me, I mean, I know there are other problems. I know there's all kind of problems around me, but as for me, I am filled with power. I am filled with it to the brim. And you know what? If I don't like how much I have, I'll just go get me some more. He sat down having completed his task with God Himself shouting and blessing it from the heavens. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. We've got two more passages. I need you to stay with me. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. Kind of overwhelmed here as I'm sitting looking at you, waiting on people to get to the next passage because I want everybody to be together, realizing how many folks in this room plan their own defeat, even as we're talking about the strength of victory that can be yours. You literally snatch defeat from the throes of victory. pastor i just can't it's not true you're making a mountain out of a molehill pastor i i I just i just don't think that i can do it of course you can do it look at first john 5 3 this is love for god wow that's a nice thing to know isn't it you want to know what love for god looks like here it is it just says it plainly to obey what he says even if you don't think that you can. You begin to obey. You just do exactly what He says and you realize that it is His power that helps you to do this. His commands are not burdensome. It's not too difficult. It's not even too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. There's no burdens. There's no molehills or mountains that can stand in your way of clearing your inheritance to the farthest limits. Man. Having a potential to clear out everything you and your generations could ever need. God is going to help us to move mountains today. Look at verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. When we eliminate the molehills in our lives when we quit letting them become mountains in our broken eyes, when we fix our eyes upon Jesus, we can overcome the world. We overcome any mountain. We overcome any difficulty. We expect. We anticipate. We actually believe that God will level the mountains with these hands. With our hands. He spoke it to Zerubbabel, but I'm going to have enough faith to walk in the same kind of faith that he did, and I can do the same things that he did. I will accomplish God's work in my life, and I will propagate it through the generations of my family. We will do this. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. It really is about how strong your faith is, isn't it? Man, we can be inspired and keep a small faith. What the Lord is trying to do is help us to build our mountain-moving faith today. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who has the faith believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Everyone born of God moves mountains. Everyone born of God levels the mountains that are before them. Everyone born of God walks in in the truth that is not too difficult for you, that is not too far out of your reach This is the attitude, the demeanor, the calling of every man and woman in this room today. The victory is our faith. Man, it really puts trust-grounded obedience into action as a result of Jesus being the often disputed but undefeated King of the universe. Judas Stevens taught me that. The often disputed but undefeated King of the universe. This is our unshakable victory. Look in Hebrews 12 and verse 26 for our final passage. <clears throat> you don't turn your molehills hill, mole into mountains. You just move the mountain, folks. Just move the mountain. Just move it. Look at it. Identify it. Move it. Hebrews twelve twenty six. At that time, His voice shook the earth. But now He has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but I'll also shake the heavens as well. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may be may remain. See, there's not only the bow hills that need to be removed. <laughs> it's actually the mountains that have to be removed as well. This is how we participate in that divine shaking. We're shaking off fear. What we are shaking off is fear today, church. It's a lack of faith. We're shaking it off. The fear of failing even before you've tried. That kind of fear causes you to sabotage yourself before you ever even get started. We're shaking off the kind of fear that brings about your fear of weakness, of what you don't have. Hey, he's going to raise up those valleys. I promise you, you won't have to worry about that. Your fear of not having enough, not having enough health, not having enough ability, not having enough promise, not having enough love. Your fear that people won't look at you as highly and exalted as you think that they should. See, only that which cannot be shaken will remain. Look at verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Somebody say, consuming fire. fire. See, mountains may be able to move in our realm, but this kingdom cannot be shaken. When this unshakable kingdom is on the inside of you, that's why you can look at a mountain and say, You need to move because I'm not moving. You be shaken, because I'm not going to be shaken. You get out of my way and get in the midst of the sea, because this guy ain't going anywhere. I have the unshakable kingdom on the inside of me. This is the right attitude for us to have, not just today, but in every day of your life. God is calling to us today. He's saying, wake up. He's saying, let your faith arise. What is inside of you is unshakable. You're not going to let these things, Lord, whatever needs to go, shake it off, but I'm going to remain unshaken before you. Everything not in this kingdom has to be removed anyway. The pastor, I've been shaken. Well, good. Let those things get shaken off of you. Get them out of there. You first let it be shaken in you, then you can move the mountains that are around you. Come on, let this consuming fire of God move your hearts today burn away the dross don't just keep sitting here going over the same pattern over and over and over again having moments days or weeks maybe even months of you doing well but then falling prey to the same fear every time pastor that's just a mountain i can't get over that's a mole hill you can move this thing get it out of your way Those who are walking in His Spirit, who are led by His Word. It may be bitter, but it's going to turn sweet. You need a daily diet of dependency upon Him. Come on, these are the ones who crush their mountains as if they were molehills. These are the ones, these are the kingdom of those who are mountain movers. Come on, do you want to be a mountain mover today? Stand up to your feet right now with me. Those who overcome and do the will of God will be given an unshakable, mountain-moving authority to rule the nations, dashed into pieces like pottery. This is what we are today. We are a group of the mountain movers. If you have been less than a mountain mover in this place today, This is not too difficult for you. Let your faith arise. You need a miracle of healing? Then get one. You need a miracle to overcome your despondency and your your discouragement? Then go and clear the land and get it. Say to the mountain, get out of my way because I am the unshakable one, not you. This requires that our faith be on fire that the weakness the shaky areas in your life are consumed by this great fire that is our god a fire that burns away your fears that burns away the unsteadiness and that allows only what is true to remain the mountain moving faith of the overcoming church of the living god mighty god we come before you right now in prayer we come before you lord help us today Far too many of us are shaken by our surroundings. Far too many of us are deterred by the molehills of our problems. Lord, we need people who can look at those. And even if they are mountains, they can say, be gone, be removed from me. I stand with the power of the heavens. Lord, increase our faith today. Lord, help us in our unbelief today. Lord, move upon us today. Lord, we want to move the mountains of difficulty before us. The mountains of fear, the mountains of discouragement, the mountains of offense, the mountains of despair. Be gone in Jesus' name today. Lord, we will fight because we have the mountain moving spirit of the living God on the inside of us. Move upon us today as we move the mountains that are before us. In Jesus' name.